in the vastness of the cosmos, there must be other civilizations far older and more advanced than ours. So shouldn't we have been visited? Shouldn't there be every now and then alien ships in the skies of Earth? There's nothing impossible in this idea, and no one would be happier than me if we were being visited. But has it happened in fact? What counts is not what sounds plausible, not what we'd like to believe, not what one or two witnesses claim, but only what is supported by hard evidence, rigorously and skeptically examined. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. It is a mystery, a thought that has plagued human minds and, and plagued minds and philosophers and astronomers and cosmologists and me, even me and everyone. It's plagued them for millions and millions of years from the dawn of time where we looked up into the sky and wondered what was out there, what we could see, what we couldn't see and what really was. And as Carl Sagan just said, how can we look up into the sky and knowing what we know, not expect to see alien craft, expect to see aliens in the skies of Earth, in this vast, vast thing, as I've said before in several episodes, how do we not expect that we haven't been visited already? And maybe we have, and history doesn't contain records of it, or there, and we can get into numerous discussions about how much the records may contain, and how much they don't contain, and why aren't they being shared, or what happened to cause them to be hidden if they were hidden. And it's, a lot of that is, it goes into in-depth everywhere. But how can, in this vastness of what the universe is, how can we assume that we're the only ones? It's kind of just odd and maybe Earth-centric to think that. Maybe that we don't have records, or maybe... There's a, there's a lot of maybes that go into this discussion and go into these thoughts. And... I've wondered a lot about the galaxies that are near us and the star systems like Alpha Centauri is I believe 4.3 something light years from Earth and I'm going to just double check, double check here and get the exact measurement 4. Point, I was close I double checked Wikipedia here 4.37 light years from the sun that's astronomically that's kind of close it's a it's an it's a binary star system and the biggest the closest known galaxy to us was 2.5 million light years away and that's andromeda now the interesting thing the interesting thing us like i've talked about like i mentioned in a previous episode about extrasolar planets we don't we're looking out into the rest of the world and we're looking out to what's out there and we're not even looking in our own neighborhood in our own galactic neighborhood 
we can look into the sky and see our neighborhood and see our galaxy. With the naked eye, you can look into the sky and see the Milky Way galaxy. You can, I forget exactly where on Earth you can, but you can look into the sky and see the, the galaxies, the Milky Way's band streaming across the sky. And we're in just in, a, in one of the outer arms, the outer corners of the Milky Way. So you wonder and you think, what, in our own galaxy, how many planets exist in our own galaxy that either we know about or we don't know about yet that can harbor life? Somewhere off on this distant arm, in this distant stretch in the galaxy, there's two planets in the habitable zone. One of them developed life. One of them may have developed life, we just haven't seen hardcore evidence to prove that it did. Definitive evidence, I should say, to prove that it did. But one, one of these planets that, is, that we know about has developed life. So it's, it's weird to assume, or kind of odd to assume, that nowhere else does life exist. It's just, it's just It doesn't make sense to assume that. And looking at Alpha Centauri and looking in our own galaxy kind of has made me wonder and made me think and maybe look beyond our own galaxy and look farther out and look to Andromeda and look 2.5 million light years away. And it made me wonder that it was, it was originally, and this is a lot of this is from my memory, a lot of this is from memory. And a lot of this is also from my notes and from Wikipedia. It, it was originally known as, I, I want to say Messier, like, like the hockey player Mark Messier. Uh, it, was, it was originally known as Messier 30? 30? 30, 31. 31, double check my notes. Messier 31, M31, or NGC 224. And originally called the Andromeda Nebula. It's a barred spiral galaxy approximately 2.5 million light years from Earth and the nearest major gal galaxy to the Milky Way. The galaxy's name stems from the, stems from the era of Earth's sky in which it appears, in the constellation of Andromeda, which itself is named after the Ethiopian or Phoenician princess who was the wife of Perseus in Greek mythology. The viral mass of the Andromeda galaxy is one of the smaller is one of the same order of magnitude as that of the Milky Way. At 1 trillion solar 1 trillion solar masses, the mass of either galaxy is difficult to estimate with any accuracy. But it is long but it was long thought that the Andromeda galaxy is more massive than the Milky Way by a margin of some. I'm gonna try not to look at my notes here. I'm trying to guess this. By, by margin of some 20, 23, 20, 25. 20, I want to say 20, 25. There is 25 to 50%. This has been called into question by a 2018 study that cited a lower estimate on, on the mass of the Andromeda galaxy. Combined with the preliminary reports of a 2019 study estimating a higher mass of the Milky Way, 
The Andromeda Galaxy has a diameter of about 220,000 IY or LY. There's no explanation as to what that is. I'm not sure. Making it the largest member member of the local group in terms of extinction. Uh, extinction. <laughs> extinction. In making it the largest member of the local group in terms of extension of uh, if not mass. The number of stars contained in the Andromeda Galaxy is estimated at one trillion. One trillion in the Andromeda Galaxy. Come on. Hundred, one trillion stars and you're telling me one of them doesn't have a habitable planet? Seriously. It's gotta. It's gotta have one. Is it or roughly whoa, one trillion or or roughly twice the number estimated for the Milky Way. The Milky Way and Andromeda galaxies are expected to collide in around four to five billion years, merging to form a single giant elliptical galaxy or or a large lenticular galaxy with an with an apparent magnitude of three point four. The Andromeda Galaxy is among the brightest of the me- of the Messier objects, making it visible to the naked eye from Earth on moonless nights, even when viewed from areas without mo- with even when ver- even when viewed from areas with moderate light pollution. Around the year 964, the Persian astronomer Abd Al Rahim Al sorry I'm gonna sorry I'm gonna butcher his name Abd A B D A L dash capital R A H M A N Al Sufi was the first to describe the Andromeda Galaxy. He referred to it in his book of fixed stars as a nebulous smear. Star charts of that period labeled it as a little cloud. In 1612. The German astronomer Simon Marius gave, it, gave an early description of the Andromeda Galaxy based on telescopic observations. Pierre-Louis Maupertuis conjectured in, in 1745 that the blurry spot was an island universe. In 1764, Charles Messier cataloged the Andromeda as Object M31, it incorrectly credited Marius as a discoverer, despite it being visible to the naked eye. In 1785, astronomer William Herschel noted a faint reddish hue in the core region of Andromeda. He believed Andromeda to be the nearest of all the great nebulae, and based on the color and magnitude of the nebulae, he incorrectly guessed that it was no more than 2,000 times the distance of Sirius or roughly 18,000 IY. In 1850, William Parsons, 3rd Earl of Roos, made the first drawing of Andromeda's spiral structure. By 1864, Sir William Hughes noted that the spectrum of Andromeda differed from that of a gaseous nebula. The spectra of Andromeda displays a continuum of frequencies superimposed with dark absorption lines that help identify the chemical consumption of an object. object. 
Andromeda spectrum is very similar to the spectra of individual stars, and from this it was deduced that Andromeda has a stellar, stellar nature. In 1885, a supernova known as S Andromeda was seen in the galaxy. The first and so far only one observed in that galaxy at the time, Andromeda was considered to be a nearby object. So the cause was thought to be a much less luminous and unrelated event called a nova, and it was named accordingly Nova 1885. By 1888, Isaac Roberts took one of the first photographs of Andromeda, which is still commonly thought to be a nebula within our galaxy. Roberts mistook Andromeda and similar spiral nebulae as star systems being formed. In 1912, Vestal Slipher used, spectros used spectroscopy to measure the radial velocity of Andromeda with respect to our solar system, the largest velocity till that time yet measured. There's a lot that they didn't know that they couldn't deduce and they couldn't figure out at the time. So they had to use what was at their disposal to try and guess it and to try and, to try and pull it to pieces and try to, try to guess it. In 1917, Heber Curtis observed a nova within Andromeda. Searching the photographic record, 11 more novae were discovered. Curtis noticed that these novae were, on average, 10 magnitudes fainter than those that occurred elsewhere in the sky. As a result, he was able to come up with a distance estimate of about 3.2 times 10 to the 10th AU. And everyone who's listened to my episodes before knows what AU means. Astronomical units. He became a proponent of the so-called island universe hypothesis, which held that spiral nebulae were actually independent galaxies. In 1920, the great debate between Harlow Shapley and Curtis took place concerning the nature of the Milky Way, spiral nebulae, and the dimension of the universe. To support his claim on the great Andromeda nebulae being, in fact, an external galaxy, Curtis also noted that the appearance of dark, line, dark lanes within Andromeda, which resemble the dust clouds in our own galaxy, as well as a, as a historical observation of, Andromeda, of the Andromeda galaxy's significant Doppler shift. In 1922, Ernst Opik pre presented a method to estimate the distance of Andromeda using the measured velocities of its stars. His result placed the Andromeda Nebulae far outside our galaxy at a, at a perspective or thought distance of about 450 kpc. Edwin Hubble, who the telescope is named after, Edwin Hubble settled, settled the debate in 1925 when he identified extragalactic extra cepheid variable stars for the first time on astronomical photos of Andromeda. These were made using the 2.5 meter or 8 foot 2 inch Hooker telescope and, then, and they enabled the distance of the Great Andromeda Nebulae to be determined. His measurement demonstrated conclusively that this feature was not a cluster of stars and, galaxy, and gas within our own galaxy, 
but an entirely separate galaxy located a significant distance away from the Milky Way. In 1943, Walter Bede was the first person to resolve stars in the central region of the Andromeda Galaxy. Walter Bade, sorry. I said Bede, I meant Bade. Bade identified two distinct populations of stars based on their based on their metallicity. Metallicity naming the young I'm trying to get a definition here, but it's not coming up. I'm just not pulling it up. Metallicity. Metallicity. Come on, brain. You know what happens when you're trying to think of something? You're racking your brain. It just shoots right out of your head. That is what's happening right now. So I'm going to go back to Wikipedia here. There it is. Metallicity is the abundance of elements present in an object that are heavier than hydrogen and helium. I, I was There it is. Helium. I was focusing on hydrogen. That's what, that's what totally threw me off there. And Wikipedia just jumped. So, Wikipedia just jumped around the page because I lost place in my notes. And now I have to find it. Walter Bade. There he is. And naming the young, so, t- naming the young high velocity stars in the disk type 1 and the older red stars in the bulge type 2. The disk of the Andromeda galaxy in the bulge the, where the center where it seems to be where, where a big super sun is must be. This nomenclature was subsequently adopted for stars within the Milky Way and elsewhere. Bade also discovered that there were two types of Cepheid variable stars which resulted in a doubling of the distance estimated to Andromeda, as well as the remainder of the universe. In 1950, radio emissions from the Andromeda galaxy were detected by Hanbury Brown and Cyril Hazard at the Jodrell Bank Observatory. The first radio maps of the galaxy were made in the 1950s by John Baldwin and collaborators at the Cambridge Radio Astronomy Group. The core of the Andromeda Galaxy is called 2C56 in the 2C Radio Astronomy Catalog. In 2009, the first planet may have been discovered in the Andromeda Galaxy. This was detected using a technique called microlensing, which is caused by the deflection of light by a massive object. Observations of, of linearly polarized radio emissions within the Westerbrook Synthesis Radio Telescope, the, the Effelsberg 100M Telescope, and the Very, the very Large Array, V-E-R-Y, but it's red like very. So the very large array <laughs> revealed ordered magnetic fields aligned along along the 10 kpc ring of gas and star formations. The total magnetic field has a strength of about 0.5 of which 0.3 are ordered. The the estimate the estimated distance of the astron of the Andromeda Galaxy. Oh, this I know. The estimated distance of the Andromeda Galaxy from our own was doubled 
in around 52, 53, 1952, when it was discovered that there is another dimmer type of cepheroid variable star. In 1990s, measurements of both standard red giants as well as red clump stars from the Hipparchos satellite measurements were used to calibrate the cepheroid distances. The Andromeda galaxy was formed roughly 10 billion years ago from the collision and subsequent merger of smaller proto-galaxies. This violent collision formed most of the galaxy's galactic halo and extended disk. During this epoch, EPOCH, its rate of star formation would have been very high to the point of becoming a luminous infrared galaxy for roughly 100 million years. Andromeda in the, in the Triangulum Galaxy had a very close passage 2.2 to 4 billion years ago. This event produced the high rates of star formations across Andromeda's galaxy disk, even some globular clusters. Over the past 2 billion years, star formation throughout Andromeda's disk is thought to have decreased to the point of near inactivity. There have been interactions with satellite galaxies like M32 and M110 or others and others that have already been absorbed within into the Andromeda galaxy. These interactions have formed structures like Andromeda's giant stellar stream. The galactic merger roughly 100 million years ago is believed to be responsible for a counter-rotating disk of gas found in the center of Andromeda, as well as the pre presence there of, roughly, of a relatively young stellar population. At least four... Dis oh, this, this, this I know too. So the numbers... There's a lot of numbers here that I'm totally blanking on the numbers. So I'm gonna have to, if they require numbers, I'm going to try to read them. At least four distant techniques have been used to estimate distances from the Earth to the Andromeda Galaxy. In 2003, using the infrared surface brightness fluctuations and adjusting for a new period luminosity value, a metallicity correction was issued. A 2004 cephaloid variable method of estimating the distance to be 2.51 was derived. There's a lot of it's far. It, there's, there's a lot of numbers there and a lot of my figuring gets quite a bit off from that. Let's suffice it to say it is let's suffice it to say it is 2.5 million light years away. That's going to give you the best estimate that I could possibly try to do. Here comes the allergy cough again. <clears throat> Until 2018, mass estimates for the Andromeda Galaxy's halo gave a value of approximately 1.5 times 10 to the 12th, compared to 8 point compared to 8 times 10 to the 11th for the Milky Way. This con contradicted earlier measurements that seemed to indicate that the Andromeda Galaxy and Milky Way are almost equal in mass. In 2018, the equality, the equality of mass was re-established by radio results and gave it more accuracy. 
the Andromeda Galaxy is surrounded by a massive halo of hot gas that is estimated to contain half the mass of the stars in the galaxy. The nearly invisible halo that stretches about a million light years from its host galaxy halfway to our Milky Way galaxy. Simula simulations of gases simulations of galax galaxies indicate the halo formed at the same time as the galaxy itself. The halo is enriched in elements heavier than hydrogen and helium, formed from supernovas, and its properties are those expected for a galaxy that lies in the green valley of the galaxy color magnitude diagrams, which you can find online and you can find research everywhere. I just don't have, I, I don't have the access to it. Compared, this I know, compared to the Milky Way, the Andromeda Galaxy appears to have a predominantly older stars. The estimated luminosity of, an, of Andromeda is about 25% higher than that of our own galaxy. However, the galaxy has a high inclination, it's higher elevated, as seen from Earth, and its interstellar dust absorbs an unknown amount of light. So it is difficult to estimate its actual brightness, and other authors, ha other authors have given other values for the luminosity of the galaxy. The rate of star formation in the Milky Way, however, is much higher, with Andromeda producing only about one solar mass per year compared to three to five solar masses from our own Milky Way. The rate of nova in the Milky Way is also double that of the Andromeda Galaxy. This suggests the, that the latter one once experienced a great star formation phase, but is now in a relative state of, of, of decline or, or collapsing. Well, not collapsing, kind of degrading, I guess is a better word for it. Whereas the Milky Way is experiencing more active star formation. Should this continue, the luminosity of the Milky Way may eventually overtake that of the Andromeda Galaxy. According to recent studies, the Andromeda Galaxy lies in what the galaxy color magnitude diagram is known as the Green Valley, which I mentioned earlier. A region it is a region populated by galaxies like the Milky Way in transition from a blue cloud. Star formation activity in Green Valley galaxies is slowing as they run out of star forming gas in the interstellar medium. In simulated, in simulated galaxies with similar properties to Andromeda, star formation is expected to extinguish within about 5 billion years from now. Even accounting for the expected short-term increase in the rate of star formation due to the collision between the galaxy and the Milky Way. It is kind of unclear, they think, that when the Milky Way and the Andromeda galaxies collide, first of all, we'll be, we'll be so far long gone, we will be a blip on the cosmic radar. The Milky Way is... Can, can overtake the Andromeda galaxy, even though Andromeda is more dense, um, the Milky Way galaxy can overtake it. Now, based on its appearance in visible light, 
the Andromeda Galaxy is classified as an SAB in galaxy in in the Vakalur's Sandage Extended Classification System Spiral Galaxy. Sorry, I just completely completely butchered that. So sorry, everyone. However, infrared data from the two-mass survey and from the Spitzer Space Telescope showed that Andromeda is actually a barred spiral galaxy like the Milky Way. With Andromeda's bar major axis oriented about 55 degrees anti-clockwise from the disk's major axis. In 2005, astronomers used the Keck telescopes to show that the tenuous sprinkle of stars extending outward from the galaxy is actually part of the main disk itself. <clears throat> this means that the spiral disk of stars in the Andromeda galaxy is three times larger in diameter than previously estimated. This constitutes evidence that there is a vast extended stellar disk that makes the galaxy more than 220,000 light years in diameter. Previously, estimates of the Andromeda galaxy's size range from 70,000 to 120,000 light years across. Analysis of the cross-sectional shape of the galaxy appears to demonstrate a pronounced S-shaped wrap rather than just a flat disk. A possible cause of such of such a such a warp could be gravitational interaction with the satellite galaxies near near Andromeda. The galaxy M33 could be responsible for some for some warp in Andromeda's arms, though more precise distances and radial velocities are required. Spectros spectroscopic studies have provided detailed measurements of the rotational velocity of, the, of Andromeda as a function of radial distance from its core. Another more, another more, a lot of numbers there that's just going to confuse the heck out of me if I try to comprehend them. There's a lot going on in Andromeda and and the Milky Way. Why, much like Earth and Venus, that are called sister planets, a lot of people have called the Milky Way and Andromeda sister galaxies. <coughs> Sorry about that. Because the sister galaxies, because they're so close and so similar. There's a lot of similarities between the two. And I know that was a lot of information, and I know that was a lot going on there. So thank you all so much for sticking around. Thank you for bearing with me and hanging in there. Stick around for a little bit more on the end here. Want to check out the best podcast and best YouTube channel out there? True, true friends of this podcast? Check out Fantastic Cruising over on Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcasting devices and services. Give them a five-star review. Head on over to YouTube. Look up Fantastic Studios. Give them a five-star review and give them comments. They'll love that to death. They are the greatest podcast out there. Give them a shout-out.
Want to go to Vegas? Visit the best places all around the Strip and all around downtown and all around the surrounding areas? Check out the best vlogs for Vegas anywhere on YouTube at Brar Frederick over on YouTube. B-R-O-R Frederick, F-R-E-D-R-I-K. Over on YouTube, go over to Brar Frederick. Subscribe to his channel. Click that bell icon. Click that Hit those those like those like up thumbs. Give give Brar a follow. Give Brar a look. You'll really love what you're seeing. He's an awesome streamer, the best Vegas streamer, and the best thing to watch while you're in Vegas before you go to Vegas, just to experience Vegas as a whole. Please join me in supporting and giving to the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project. When you donate to the Pride Foundation, you join thousands of supporters building a better, safer, more equitable world for LGBTQIA people and their families. Every gift, whether $1 or $1,000, makes an impact for real people and ripples outward into our communities. There are many different ways to join and help the fight. Also go on to their websites for the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project and donate and help in any way possible. The Trevor Project offers support and help for LGBTQIA youth all over the country and all over the world. Please show them some love and give them some support.